2: And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. It is finally that day. After many, many months of speculation, it is finally draft eve. And today we're going to do something special. We're going to do our final mock draft less than 24 hours before the real NFL draft. It is DJ joined, as always, by my co-host Kelsey. And Kelsey, we've been waiting for this for a long time, and we have no idea what we're doing for this one because this draft is absolutely bananas. So we're pretty much winging it at this point.
1: Yeah, look, I talk about everybody overthinking this number one overall pick. We've heard – I feel like everybody in the top 20 has had at least five seconds with being the number one pick. I feel like that's how it's been so far. So, like, yeah, just as much as they don't know what they're going to do tomorrow, we don't know what we're going to do tonight if if we're being completely fair.
2: But what we're going to do is we're going to take our best educated guess. Unlike last year where we said what we would do if we were all GMs, this year we're going to have a little bit of fun, and we're going to speculate a little bit as well, too. We're going to do a combination of what we would do and what we think. They will do. We're just gonna have fun with this one. And this year, we're instituting trades because this draft is so wonky, and there's so much uncertainty. We're gonna include trades this year. Just we're gonna have a little fun with this one.
1: Why not, right? Like, why not? Why not mix it up with just a little bit of spiciness? And and as far as everything else we don't already don't know about this draft, we're gonna (laughs) add in the ultra unknown of trades
2: absolutely as well too and you know what we got a lot of picks to get into 32 of them to be exact so no, no need to waste any time now we'll go right into it for the second year in a row for what feels like more than 730 days or whatever it is the Jaguars are on the clock at number one overall and I'm keeping mine simple I don't know about you but I'm gonna keep it simple Evan Neal protect your quarterback you owe him after what you put him through last year with that experience I take Evan Neal number one that's my choice number one overall
1: uh, yeah, look, absolutely. I, I'm I'm 100% in agreement with you on this one. And this one is just too easy. You've already got sunshine. Go get your protector of your sunshine. Get a little cloud covers, maybe some SPF uh, 73 if you know Evan Nil's number um, to go go alongside of that SPF 16 you got with the long blonde hair back there.
2: Maybe some F, SPF 337. The way they have it, 337 on the left side there. So I we're on the same page. So no 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 surprise there. We'll move on to pick number two. That is the Detroit Lions picking now as well, too, with old kneecaps himself at at head coach. And you know what? I'm going to keep it simple for them. I think they stay local. I think they take Aiden Hutchinson, the pass rusher. They can't miss on this pick. Go after arguably the best player in the draft and keep it in your state. Give me Aiden Hutchinson, number two.
1: All right, so we have no idea what we're doing, and yet we're still picking the same guy here for number two. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson is just too easy of a pick, right? He is just one of those guys that is just like, it makes sense that he goes to Detroit in this situation. Everything about Aiden Hutchinson. He's not higher than Kayvon Thibodeau on my big board, which, by the way, is getting released tomorrow. I was just really lazy and didn't finish it in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so my bad, guys. But Aiden Hutchinson does go to here. I know everybody's talking about Travon Walker, a quarterback here. No, 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 no. Let's keep it simple. Do what you do and get somebody that HCDC, yes, I said it right, HCDC loves in a gym rat like Aiden Hutchinson.
2: Can't argue with that as well, too. That's going to take us to number three, the Houston Texans, who when you look at their draft needs, it is literally everything. Lovey Smith has his work cut out for him there in his first year, and I think they're going to go with arguably a top three player in the draft as well, too, depending on who you talk to. I'm going with Sauce Gardner, the corner. No touchdowns given up in college. You need defense. Lovey Smith loves himself some defense. Well, at this point, I think you just have – you can't miss on this pick, basically. So I think you take arguably the surest thing in the draft.
1: You know, I don't hate the Sauce pick. I honestly was 50-50 on this one. Um and this one just came down to, well, where do we have any weapons at? The answer is offense right now. So how do we get our, our only weapon in Brandon Cook's any sort of chance at the ball and maybe protect Davis Mills long enough for him to get there? Well, I'm going to give him Iki Akanwu, uh to, to try to help him out there. That's that's where I'm going with this one. Maybe they get a run game out of this because Iki Akonwu is a fantastic run blocker. Maybe they improve his pass blocking because they force him to pass block every single time. I don't know how this will work out. Uh, I do think this is worst case scenario for Iki Okonwu to go to the Houston Texans, but I do think in this case, they're like, okay, we have a Bugatti in our, car, in, in our garage. How do we get this Bugatti going? Like, how do we get him any sort of chance of going? And that's, you got to get an offensive lineman in this case.
2: And th- that's going to take us to pick number four with the New York Jets. And I'm going to copy and paste. And I'm putting Iki Okonwu here. If you listen to our last thing, this is part of my dive plan. And there's talk about them getting rid of Mekdi Bekon, which, they shouldn't do. I don't care if he weighed 400 pounds. He's six foot nine. He can weigh 400 pounds. It's fine. But I think this is step one of my master plan with the Jets. I think take Ikea Kongwu, build that wall in front of Zach Wilson, and give him a chance to dish the ball around. If they stay healthy, you got Mekdi, Elijah Vera Tucker, and Ikea Kongwu as part of those pillars. That's a, that's a good building block for success. So give me Ikea at number four.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I, I just like you copy and paste it from number three to number four for me, I'm copying and pasting your number three to number four. Uh, and that's Sauce Gardner, because this just makes too much sense. You have Robert Sala. You need to get a corner in this defense. Again, you need a lot of things, but corner, definitely a primary need. And because I had the offensive lineman that you would take here, go the previous play, previous uh, pick, well, that leaves you with the number one corner on the board. And Sauce, give you all the smoke Gardner. I'm giving him the I – mean, this man going to have so many nicknames by the time he finishes one season if he gives up no more touchdowns again
2: this hmm. season. Like, yeah, give me Sauce Gardner here to, to the Jets. Broadway sauce. I like the sound of that. So let's take us to the other New York team. Number five with the Giants. And you have you have Saquon Barkley, a really, really talented running back. You have Daniel Jones. You have no idea what you have at this point, really. Or at least you think with Brian Dobble, you could change it. So I think you have to keep those two upright. So I'm going to say they take Charles Cross, the next available offensive lineman, probably the best pass protector. So I'm going to say left tackle Charles Cross goes at pick number five.
1: Okay, that's interesting. Um, I, I don't hate the pick, obviously. I do think the Giants have a lot of holes. Uh, oh. i think it's yeah it really is all over and one of the big holes obviously besides offensive alignment is safety and i'm gonna keep tooting this man's horn until the horn stops working and or this man ends up on our podcast one or the other uh, and that's kyle hamilton right here to number five to the giants sprint this card all the way up honestly he's a generational talent and two high safety looks are the giants expertise so you'll be okay with him covering in a too high look or rolling into the box. Well, obviously we haven't seen it under the new regime, but ideally two high safeties will keep Kyle Hamilton to only half the field and not <laughs> the, run into the issue of worrying about a little bit of slowness there.
2: Uh, they could definitely use playmakers at any level of offense or defense as well, too. So I like that pick. That's take us to number six with the Carolina Panthers and for a Rarity, our first quarterback going at pick number six. Normally it's like last year it was one through three, and you could have made a case it could have been one through four. This year we got our first one going at number six, and – I think they're going to keep it safe. I think they're going Kenny Pickett. Matt Rule and Squad sees their jobs on the line. He let, Matt Rule likes himself some Kenny Pickett. Seems like a match made. And somebody to throw DJ Moore the ball. And if Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy. So, Kenny Pickett going off the board at number six. Uh, wait, what? What? Kenny Pickett at number six? Okay. I, th-
1: I didn't know that was a safe pick this year uh, for Kenny Pickett at number six. But, you know, I respect quarterback those...
2: pick, I should say. The one who right out of the gate you're more likely to succeed with.
1: That's fair. Okay, all right, that's fair. Look, he is a, he's a quality athlete, family full of athletes. Can't take that away from him. Uh, personally, he is not my pick for safest, safest quarterback. Um, I go with the wild thing himself, the uh, uh, the kid from Ole Miss. Uh, you know, played Lane Kiffin. He does have a little bit of gunslinger issues with him still, but that's Matt Corral. I think Matt Corral just fits very well with with what they want to do in Carolina, and a lot like with Kenny Pickett. He can get out of the pocket and run. My only issue I have is that in Matt Corral's eyes, no zone or no gap is too small for the ball to fit in. So that there's a little bit of a gunslinger mentality that maybe he needs to get himself over um, as far as throwing into into gaps there. But I do think Matt Corral is the the best gamer and going to give the Panthers the best chance in my eyes.
2: We agree that Matt Corral is QB one, and I, if I had, if I guaranteed I had at least one more year, I would definitely take Matt Corral here. But I think Matt Rule is going to panic. He'd be like, "I need to win games now." <laughs> and I think Kenny Pickett's the guy who most likely, as a rookie, has the more Mac Jones esque quality. But can't go wrong between the two. I think. Well, you can't really go right either. There's no, there's no can misses really. So whoever's yeah, going to no. give DJ more the ball, so exactly that's, that's that's
1: the best option.
2: Exactly, or Robbie Anderson as well too. And that's yeah. Well, okay, us-
1: actually, you might want to get Robbie Anderson the ball first if we're being fair.
2: You know, just feed them both constantly. Just go, your turn, my turn. Treat it like Kyrie and Kevin Durant at this point. Just take turns throwing it directly at them, regardless of defense. And then maybe sprinkle in some CMC if he's healthy. So for pick number seven, we're going to head back to the Meadowlands with the Giants again taking pick number seven. And I'm going to take Kayvon Thibodeau here. The fact that he dropped all the way to seven, I think they're going to be licking their chops like, you got to be kidding me. We wanted to take him at five, but we decided to go offense. So giving me Kayvon Thibodeau, my top rated player, my big board in the draft, very versatile edge defender, can do just about anything. And I think with the right coaching, he could be a game changer.
1: You know, that's that's I like cave Thibodeau here. Uh, here, but I actually see this one being a trade. Um, I From see down Green down. Bay coming up into the top 10 and trading with the Giants, not one pick, but two. So both of Green Bay's 20 plus picks are. Well, let me see. What number are they? Twenty two and twenty eight are going to go to the Giants and the Giants will be giving Green Bay this number seven pick for Garrett Wilson. OK, so you see that.
2: All right. I like it. I see them, I like it. We got I, our I, first trade, people, and it did not take too long.
1: I see them reaching up for this one. I see I see them finally trying to give Aaron Rodgers that weapon. And I think Garrett Wilson, as much as I don't think he's receiver number one, there are a lot of intangibles that make him potentially a receiver number one and very Devontae-esque like uh, as far as his abilities. So he can slide into the slot and Aaron Rodgers will have a filled day
2: with this man. My favorite part is he's so twitchy and so good with the ball in his hands. Those little smoke screen slash RPOs that Aaron loves to throw. He is Garrett Wilson's going to thrive on those regardless of maybe rookie wall or anything like that. Flicking the ball and watching dance in space. So I like that pick. That's a good one for Green Bay. I don't, I don't hate that at all too. Our first trade already. You beat me to it. So that's going to take us to pick number eight. And we're heading to Atlanta's Atlanta. No, for the first time in, since we were in middle school, really, they will be without Matt Ryan at quarterback. So a pick number eight, I don't actually have them taking the quarterbacks. I don't think they like any of the quarterbacks this year. I think they're going to go with Trayvon Walker, the kid who's been flying up draft boards, kind of against both yours and mine's chagrin. But I think at this point, they're going to take the local pass rusher, the freak athlete, and think they could coach him up. So I think they're going to take – they need players, and I think they're going with arguably the highest ceiling in the draft here if everything hits. So give me Trayvon Walker, hoping he could chase down Tom Brady for Atlanta.
1: You know, I don't hate the defensive pick. I don't hate the Georgia pick, but but it's Trayvon Walker, and as we've talked about, I am a big Trayvon Walker fan. Let's yeah. not get it twisted. I am a realistic Trayvon Walker fan who has had him at twenty <laughs> to thirty the entire time, and I haven't been enamored by whatever craziness people are seeing on the on uh, that doesn't exist right now. There are some phantom ghosts that are being thrown into Trayvon Walker's film, and I haven't not seen them, but everybody else seems to love them. So I'm going the other guy that has been just a phenomenal Georgia player for multiple years now, and that's N'Kobe Dean. A guy who you can slide to that edge rusher, but most importantly, he is dynamic and fast enough to be anywhere on that field at any given time. Patrick Willis-esque in a lot of ways. Just a slightly smaller body.
2: I like the idea of him and Deion Jones next to each other with Grady Jarrett in the middle. You're really building the spine of that defense. So I, I do like that pick as well too. If they could just they just need to keep blockers off of Nakoby Dean so he can fly. If they can keep him clean, he can make other people dirty really quick. So I like that pick for them as well too. I like okay. it a lot.
1: Plus if he slide I mean, if he slides to eight, come on. <laughs> let's, we'll see let's
2: that. it's a deep linebacker class. So I can see some people just being like, you know what? We'll wait. We'll get a good guy later. Maybe reckless. But I like this one here. If he, they take, and we can see a run of linebackers like we do receivers just with as soon as one domino falls. So I like this one. I think Atlanta, you just got to get a good player at this point, literally anybody. So that's going to take us to pick number nine. Speaking of teams that just need good players, the Seattle Seahawks finding themselves back in the first round after trading away. Russell Wilson as well to finally starting to recoup a little bit from that Jamal Adams trade. And you know what? I think they're going to go with an LSU defensive back here by the name of Derek Stingley Jr. I think they need defensive backs. They, the backbone of their team, when they've been good, has been defense, leeching a boom, quote-unquote. I think at this point you kind of reload on that, Derek Stingley. You're taking a risk because the last couple years haven't been great, but that 2019 year and when he was healthy and wasn't lazy, as the simplest way to put it, when he wasn't playing lazy, absolutely sensational. One of the best prospects we've ever seen when he's on his game. The problem is, are you going to get him on his game? And I think Pete Carroll's willing to take that risk.
1: You know, that's fair. I I almost did put Derek Stingley here. I will say I almost put him to Seattle. But there's just another guy that I have highly ranked on my board that slid down in this position, a guy who you had going pretty early on at number five. Um, He slipped down here down to Seattle. and, And Pete Carroll does love his West Coast guys, especially defensive West Coast guys. That's Kayvon Thibodeau. Sliding right here to Seattle. The ego issues I'm not worried about. I think this is a situation like Jadavian Clowney where he has been under the microscope since he stepped foot on a on a college campus and like we, at this point in time we have nothing left to try to pick apart except for like is his heart in it is his ego in? It? and I kind of feel the same about Derek Stingley in a lot of ways except for Derek Stingley literally took time off during like due to injury and then also just kind of well didn't play well his last season he's so. an NFL
2: player 19 years old he's not going to try when yeah. he's 20 and 21 I mean geez
1: and so so honestly well, this is a case with right here with tip Thibodeau where he slides into Seattle and and for, honestly, I feel like for the first time you talk about
2: the Legion of Boom, this might be the first time they've actually had a real pass rusher slide into Seattle. If Kayvon Thibodeau is there, I love this pick. I'm worried he won't be there. But if he is there, they should sprint. They could hand that to DK and say sprint. And get that card up there quickly before something happens. So I like that one as well, too. That's going to take us to pick number 10. And we got DJ's first, DJ's first trade of the draft. And I'm sticking to it. The Jets will be trading away pick number 10, among some other things, to the 49ers. And the 49ers will end up with pick number 10. And they're going to take a guy that you are hell bent on. And I think John Lynch loves this guy. And I think it's going to be a fun fit in their defense. I think Kyle Hamilton here goes number 10 to the 49ers. I think they're going to wait on draft day to see if he, him or maybe somebody else slips. I think they they have that kind of like, they've talked about it. Like, hey, if this guy slips, we'll make the trade. If not, we're not going to. But if you say anything, the trade's off. So it's like, it's behind closed doors. (laughs) Kyle Hamilton slips. The Jets get Debo Samuel to help build around that offense. Give Zach Wilson a shot. And the 49ers. A defense gets real dynamic now with Kyle Hamilton. to go with Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, and squad. And they pick up at least one of the Jets' second-round picks to go with it as well, too, where they can address some of their needs. So I like the 49ers at pick number 10, taking Kyle Hamilton.
1: Well, I got to say, I have the same exact trade. San Francisco, Debo. I just finally hammered it home to you, huh? Yeah, you finally convinced me. Honestly, you convinced me. NFL Network convinced me. Everybody finally convinced me that this is actually going to happen. This felt like the situation where I've been trying to ignore it for so long. That, like... It's just finally like I I ignore this one anymore. I'm just gonna be just being oblivious. Like I'm gonna be will willful obli- willfully oblivious to to everything at that point. As, long as
2: we all know that I said it before that for all yeah I don't know yeah it's been that. like
1: I've been I've been I've been hearing it from you for like nearly a month at this point in time since he announced like hey I'm kind of thinking about getting a trade like <laughs> goes, and immediately like Jets like oh okay Easy. cool <laughs> um so yeah I haven't go to se- I haven't traded with San Francisco here at ten so San Francisco second year in a row has a top ten pick now I don't have him going defensive because that pick is not here, Kyle Hamilton. But I do like the Kyle Hamilton pick. Let me say that. I actually have them going offense and replacing the man who they just traded with the probably burniest of burners in the receiving core in Jamison Williams. ACL injury aside, this man is electric with the ball in his hands, has strong hands, can go up and get it anywhere. And that's kind of a part of his game at Alabama that we didn't see, but we saw it early in his career at Ohio State. Just the ability, his insane catch radius. I mean, it is outstanding. And when he comes back from this ACL injury, ACL injuries aren't what they were in the past. It's not a long, like, I mean, yeah, it's a a long time to get back on the field, but it's not detrimental to his long-term career. So this is one where I'm like, San Francisco's like, okay, well, he's here. He's our favorite receiver. Why not? And then now you have him and Trey Lance, whether it's this season or next, just having a blast watching Trey Lance throw these 60-yard bombs, which he's very good at. That is there. one of his passing traits that I do like a lot that he can easily throw it up to Jamison Williams. So San Francisco, Jameson Williams in a trade.
2: So D. Jameson Williams out there somewhere coming to the Bay need, soon by with Kittle underneath. I like that pick as well too. And honestly, I would have been doing the same thing if we didn't have so many receivers, but I don't hate that pick as well too. It's kind of like past- the Kansas
1: city yeah. uh, mentality. Like you get a burner, you get a, you get a, You have a strong tight end.
2: you get a you're going to have a strong line anyways. And you have an electric yeah, quarterback, potentially, if Trey Lance is. I, I like that pick. That'll be fun. I'm curious. I know San Francisco likes seeing that as well, too. So moving on to pick number 11 with the Washington, now Commanders. And with the first pick in Commanders team history, we got a trade. I think we got a back-to-back trade here. And I think the Steelers are going to climb up. They're going to see their guys start ah. to slide. And I think they're going to climb up to pick number 11. And they're going to get their guy, Malik Wills, the quarterback. I think they knew they weren't going to pass up some of the other teams. But once they saw him slip to about eleven. They're going to be sure to trade up to make sure the saints or nobody else ahead of them can get them. So Mike Tomlin gets his guy. And I think behind Mitch Trubisky, who have the shadow of Malik wills behind him all season. I hate this because this is the exact same situation for me. Mm. Uh, this makes
1: too much sense. Washington really, they have a lot of needs. So what better way to take care of a lot of your needs than to trade back and get more assets in this draft that you can fill this at, fill in this draft. And then a lot of their needs are along line, cornerback, receivers things like that that they could use and i my, my first thought was pittsburgh needs to move up to get malik willis if they're gonna have a chance because there's a couple spots in here he could fall if he fell to that that team they pick him up so yeah pittsburgh to me i same thing trade up with washington get malik willis and you have the future of your, your franchise right there if Mitch Trubisky doesn't work out
2: this season absolutely heck i can see i could see him honestly playing this season as well because they have a long ways to go to get out again that afc north especially so i, I think this isn't yeah. this is if malik Willis does fall too because i think it, there's a good chance he can go number two honestly or anything yeah, i
1: mean D- if detroit doesn't pull the trigger and carolina doesn't pull the trigger on malik Willis, i mean there's potential that somebody trades up for him as well but i do think pittsburgh right now has their ear pretty well to the ground and if there's a pick, to, if there's a move to be made, they'll be the first one to make the move for Willis.
2: Absolutely. And that's going to take us to pick number 12, the Minnesota Vikings. And I think they're going to stay at Stan Pat. This one, this is a prime trade opportunity. I think they're going to stand back. And I think they're going to get Jermaine Johnson, a guy who I compared to Daniel Hunter in my draft big board. I think they're going to get him to go next to Daniel Hunter, who has been injured. And there was talks about wanting out a trade at some point. So I think at this point, they're like, we got to hit Aaron Rodgers. We got to hit Justin Fields. We got to chase whoever's playing quarterback for the Lions let's just get bookends and we'll work from there as well too. Cause offensively was not a problem for them last year. Top 12 defensively in the thirties. Yeah. They're I think they're just kind of trying to try home back in on getting after the passer.
1: You know, uh, it's it, I like that a lot and I honestly didn't go defense. I'll be the first to admit it. And the only reason why is I think there's a better player available for a position that you can consider a need on this team. And that's the guard position. And I think this is a guy that's been flying, flying up draft boards uh at guard and honestly almost almost overtook tyler linderbaum for the best interior o-line spot on my list almost but that's zion johnson out of boston college he's smart he's intelligent he slid down from tackle this last season and it was effortless he actually got better sliding from tackle to guard which is very rare to do in college let alone to then it become a top 15 to 20 prospect as well so zion johnson i have going here to minnesota and just filling in that guard spot allowing Dalvin cook to get a little bit extra running room when he's healthy. And on top of that, you have Kirk cousins back there who isn't the most decisive with the ball. So you have a little bit more time to, to, to to get him to make him make a decision.
2: And a little more time to throw it up to Justin Jefferson somewhere. Hopefully as well. I don't don't hate that pick either as well. The Vikings have a plethora of options, so we'll see what they have in mind. And it's going to take us pick number 13. Now we're back with the Houston Texans, courtesy of the Cleveland Browns. And I gave them sauce Gardner the first time. So it makes sense to take offense, but I think Lovey Smith's going to double down on defense because he's going to see a guy that you already have off the board. I think they're going to take Nakobe Dean here as a guy who captained that defense. Lovey Smith when he ran that cover too, he had a Brian Erlacher in the middle of the field. You got a lockdown corner on the outside. I think bringing in Nakobe Dean to captain the defense. I think Lovey Smith loves a lot, loves some linebackers, and I think that's the play he's going to go with because you got to stop Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry in this division, and the and James Robinson as well too. So I think you need tackling machines to go with it. So I like Nakobe Dean here.
1: You know, I I struggled with this pick honestly at thirteen because I wanted to go. I mean, I, I already went with Okonwu, so I already filled your offensive need. I was struggling defensively because there's a couple guys that are sitting there right now that I was like, well, Devin Lloyd, Derek Stingley, maybe I maybe I go line, maybe I go something crazy like Quay Walker, maybe Trevon Walker put puts his spot puts his name in the hat here thirteen. And instead, I decided on the safest of the picks, the guy that we just talked about a minute ago, Derek Stingley Jr a guy who at this point in time has been so under the microscope. We've ran out of things to complain about. So we're just making stuff up Uh, at this point in time. The kid is a stud. He will be fine in the NFL and give Houston an actual lockdown corner. And, And you don't have to worry about anything else than trying to stop the run at that point in time, because there's not enough. No team in this division has enough weapons at receiver to, to worry you if you have one solid corner.
2: That's a so. you have AJ Brown and Michael Pittman is probably the two I guess Christian Kirk yeah. but we'll we'll see how he does when he's not with DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> Murray. Christian but like, Kirk
1: hasn't been successful enough in a season to command number one receiver numbers yet
2: exactly so I do like I think we both are along the same lines there as well, so I like that one that's gonna take us to pick number fourteen the Baltimore Ravens a team prime to trade back but I'm actually going to yeah. say they stand pat just because no one calls them and they can't get I think this is a spot where they can't get any trades so I'm gonna say they stand pat and they take. The most Ravens player in the draft, George Carl Office, the edge rusher out of Purdue, plays all along the D line. Their D line's getting all these versatile. He, he's strong. He's he's a hustler. He's constantly hustling. Great motor. I just love this pick. Uh,
1: yeah, I can't complain because oh. I've been hammering this one home too. The, the, there's not a team like the Ravens when it comes to just picking the best available player, especially the best available defensive player on on the board when they just like they're picking the first round and they do it successfully. I mean, you, you mentioned Oa last year. Now you you have George Karloftis right here to slide in. And honestly, Karloftis, he reminds me a lot of J.J. Watt coming out of Wisconsin before he learned the, the Watt swat, if you will. Like, that's what I'm just going to call it now. Because he couldn't get two pass rushers, some of these bigger – he couldn't get by some of these bigger pass rushers, so he had to learn to use his long arms and then jump down and swat the ball. Honestly, I see Karloftis could do the same thing. If he can't get past some of these bigger blockers, just – just basically hold him at arm's length and just be a terror by knocking the ball down. You already have speed off of both, other, both of your other
2: edges, you'll be fine. And then you got six foot eight, Clayus Campbell, in the middle there too. So have fun, quarterbacks dealing with that as yeah. well too. So good good luck, everybody. AFC knows. North is not a fun place to be a quarterback, not at all. So well, that'll be that'll be an interesting one as well too. That's going to take us to pick number fifteen, the first Eagles pick, and I finally have my first receiver going off the board. I think they, everyone kind of waited a little bit. Like all, there's multiple top 10 caliber ones, but I think everyone kind of waited because it's so deep and somebody has to make the first move. And who better to do it than the Eagles with multiple picks and a team that needs receivers? Mm -hmm. And I think they're going to take your guy, Jamison Williams, out of Alabama. I think he's going to be the first receiver off the board. Weirdly enough, with his injury, I think he's been climbing up a lot of boards for in this process as well. A lot of people have started to climb him higher and higher in recent weeks because of what he has shown on, on the field, his absolutely asinine speed. And the fact that his touchdowns average 48 yards per score. his average touchdown length was 48 yards. I think the Eagles look at that with Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins, like, all right, Jalen Hurts, you have every weapon in the book. One more year. And we also lead the league in rushing as a team. So I think that they're, they're going to build around him. And I think Jamison Williams is the fun pick here.
1: You know, Jamison Williams is it's, it's been funny because actually the, the biggest reason he climbed back back up my board after the injury was I finally got to see his Ohio State tape. Like some of the some of the film from his just his practices at Ohio State and him just making some of these ridiculous catches over guys that are now in the league and one guy who just got re-signed by the Raiders, by the way. Um, but just like dudes that just – that they're actual pros and he's just making catches over them like it's nothing. Let's not forget, he transferred from Ohio State because Garrett Wilson came in and be, was Garrett Wilson. <laughs> and then, you know, Chris Olave, he wasn't surpassing Chris Olave. So he's like, all right, well, I'll go back to Alabama or I'll go to Alabama where I can have time. And so that made sense. Um, I like the Jameson Williams pick. Obviously, I had him go off the board earlier. So for Philadelphia here, I'm looking to the future with your pick, with this pick 15. I'm not looking for an instant fill. I'm looking for this one to be a future pick. And it could be an instant fill depending on what this guy decides going into fall, uh, into the preseason practices. And that's Tyler Linderbaum, the best interior offensive lineman available. And you just so happens to remind you a lot of your current center, and the dog of he of who he is, and Jason Kelsey, who has rumors swirling about retirement, and I do mean swirling so much so that when he's part of the Bleacher Report presentation of NFL Draft tomorrow, they're gonna ask him within the first five minutes, "Are you retiring?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this man is a, a, look, he is he's a centerpiece to this Philadelphia organization. But on top of this, Tyler Linderbaum is also a capable guard. Yeah, and I, and I mean I say capable as it's like an insult, like. If he were a guard in this draft, he would be number two behind Zion Johnson. So he can slide to that guard role until Jason Kelsey retires, or maybe take a little bit of pressure off Jason Kelsey and, and slide him over. But I don't I don't like that one as much. Mm-hmm. I like Linderbaum sliding over and then replacing Kelsey once it's there. So I have Tyler Linderbaum going here at 15 to Philadelphia.
2: I like that's an interesting one. I do like it, especially all the talk about them getting a receiver, a corner, like those flash positions, and they go with building what helped them win a Super Bowl as a stout offensive line. So I like that one as well, too. And I love the love for Tyler Lindenbaum, who I fear is going to drop in this draft a little bit because he's <laughs> oh, a center, but yeah. he's, he's a top 10 caliber player in both it's, of our big boards as well. So I like it.
1: You got a comment on your big board, and it's something that really is like it resounds with me as a former offensive lineman, and that is just because he's a center doesn't mean he can't be generational talents. Exactly, and he is one hundred percent a generational safety in his or generational talent in his ability at center.
2: Exactly, I I like that as well too. So that's going to take us to pick number sixteen, the New Orleans Saints, by courtesy of the Eagles, by courtesy of the Colts, as this pick pick has been passed around plenty of times now. It feels like. So that's going to take pick number sixteen, the New Orleans Saints, a team who, weirdly enough, feels like they're trying to win now by getting this extra first-round pick. It doesn't feel like they're trying to trade up or work for the future. So under that circumstance, I think they're trying to win this year. I say they're going to go with offensive linemen. I think they're going to go with Trevor Penning, trying to replace the loss of Taron Armstead. Get you have Jameis Winston. You resign Maybe Alvin Kamara. We'll see if he plays. I don't know how that's going to situate, but give me give me the New Orleans Saints and give me Trevor Penning to kind of retool that offensive line and just give you a little bit of nastiness in that division as well, too.
1: I like the pick. Uh, I I I don't have Trevor Penning going yet. Um, and I I did this list, and this is one of those things I look back on after I did my my mock, and I was like. I could have messed up here. Like I, I, I might be messing up by not having Trevor Penning going, but I'll, I'll explain it when I finish with the second New Orleans pick. Exactly what my thought process was. So this first one, I look at the defense. You have a fantastic Cam Jordan, but aging. But what else do you have besides Cam Jordan right now? We talk about anymore. defensively or defensive line wise.
2: Oh, defensive line, line. line wise. Uh, I think Marcus Davenport's your next best one as well too.
1: So why not just make a nice little pluck to a former UGA player who transferred to a different school this last season and showed exactly why he needed playing time. And that is Jermaine Johnson and slide him in opposite Cameron Jordan and just watch what fun and fireworks you can have in new Orleans where who you haven't had defensive ends that are, that can do what Cam Jordan and Jermaine Johnson can do yet. I don't think, I can't think of a single time in which new Orleans has had two defensive ends, which I could call bookends right now.
2: Uh, you got to go hit tom brady and that what better way to go hit tom brady than bringing some athletes like potentially that potentially
1: so like... malik willis too if, if if malik willis ends up in carolina somehow or matt corral or kenny pickett or insert quarterback here
2: exactly and when bryce young or cj stroud ends up in atlanta next year we'll see how that or, goes. yeah i'll say marcus Mariota currently in atlanta oh, for goodness. all 10 games so yeah we'll see how that one plays out as well so that's gonna take us
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: To pick number 17, the Chargers with probably arguably one free agency with some of the moves they pulled off as well, too, or the offseason until this point. I think they're going to continue winning. It's the offseason, so it doesn't mean anything going into next season. But I think on paper, they're going to continue to look great. They're going to address their biggest need. With the biggest player available, I think they're taking Jordan Davis right in the middle. That they got to fix that run defense, and what better way than to plug big Jordan Davis between Joe, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack?
1: Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. This is, a, this is too easy of a fit, and then a guy who does the opposite of what your ends do, right? Jordan yeah. Davis commands double teams, maybe even triple teams, in the run game. And the one thing that Bosa and Khalil Mack have always struggled with is getting off of double teams and in the run game. Now you're going to be guaranteed a single one-on-one on both of them in a run game. Let alone if he's in the if you keep him in there for passing downs. I'm sorry, like I yeah, Jordan Davis. This is too e- This is this is square square hole meets square peg meets you're done. Like this is this is the the, the quintessential fit that you could imagine in a draft. And yeah, 100 percent going to be the Chargers here at 17. Get taking Jordan Davis.
2: It makes too much sense, so well something else will probably happen instead. But it makes too much sense as well, too. So that's gonna take us to pick number eighteen. We're at the Eagles once again, and everything you said about Tyler Linderbaum, apply that here, but change the name to Zion Johnson. I think they're gonna <laughs> they already got the explosive receiver. I think they're gonna build the line. They, they got to replace the Brandon Brookses and those guys as well to try and reload. They they're the leading rushing team in the league, and I think they're gonna continue to hammer that home by loading up on the offensive line. So I'm gonna keep this one quick and simple. Zion Johnson at the guard spot.
1: Yeah, I actually went uh, defense, and I went stayed with the interior defensive linemen. Uh, I went with the Superman, or, well, the Batman to Jordan Davis' Superman, if you will. Uh, Devontae Wyatt, maybe the more unsung of the two as far as that, that, that defense went last year, um, especially in the National Championship game. I think Devontae Wyatt had a much better showing, and he can do a little bit more. Um, he, in my eyes, I, he's a guy that I think might actually be the best pro out of this Georgia defense long term. Okay. And oh. I, I, that's that's why I have him going here. I think somebody else sees that, and I think Devontae Wyatt slides next to Fletcher Cox, and it's a whole lot of fun.
2: It's kind of fitting they have them going back-to-back as well, too. They, it just feels like they're going to be tied at the hip for the rest of their NFL playing days as well, too. So, you know, it's perfect to have them drafted there as well, too. So that That's awesome. So, we're going to head to pick number 19. Back with the Saints. We've done the same team back-to-back-to-back now. It feels like we've had two teams for five picks. Yeah, that's been a nice
1: like... uh, nice little book we've, we've <laughs> written here.
2: Absolutely, and that's going to have me to the Saints, who I think – They're going to go with receiver now. I think they're going to go with Garrett Wilson to compliment, hopefully, the returning Michael Thomas. I mentioned they seem to be in a win-now mode, and if that is the case, they want to win this year. they got to get someone who's explosive to make big-time plays to compliment Mike Thomas's sometimes stoppable slant route. So I like Garrett Wilson. Here's the twitchy, explosive receiver to compliment Jameis, Jameis Winston's rocket arm and Alvin Kamara underneath. So give me Garrett Wilson at 19.
1: I like it. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's an interesting pick. I I did not go that there. I went offensive line with this one. I actually went with Charles Cross here at at and the only reason I went Jermaine Johnson first and Charles Cross second is I worry that if Jermaine Johnson didn't go first, he could slip to the Chargers or the Eagles there in that situation, and then you don't get your 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 chance at a booking edge for New Orleans. I think they're gonna try to change things up now that there's no Sean Payton in the mix. It's just gonna look a little different for this team.
2: I will say if Charles Cross is there this far, they will definitely poop themselves and go get him. Guaranteed as well, too, if he does make it this far. I'd, so that's a safe pick there as well, too. It's going to take us to number 20, which for me was the Steelers, but due to the trade with the Commanders, the Commanders will be picking here. And I think they're going to just, just going to address an easy need with a fantastic player. They're going to take Trent McDuffie, the corner from Washington. He could play in the nickel. He could play on the outside, an incredible versatile piece. Ron Rivera is going to love that, especially with that defensive line getting healthy again. Jamin Davis at linebacker, Cole Holcomb. I I like Trent McDuffie here to compliment the William Jackson at corner as well. So give me Trent McDuffie to add a little versatility to the back end of that defense.
1: That's interesting. I like that. Uh, Obviously, I have watched in here as well from the trade earlier. Um, I have them going offense, though, and actually opposite of Trent McDuffie almost completely to Drake London, who is still sitting here at number 20. And in this case is a situation where you you look at Carson Wentz and what he was successful with last year, a guy very similar in body build in Michael Pittman. So give him Drake London and Terry McLaurin, who already wants to get paid, and let Carson Wentz just throw it up to Terry McLaurin and then throw it at Drake London so he can go up and get it and just see what happens. Like at this point in time, you got already invested in Carson Wentz, you got to make it work. So you got
2: to give him receivers and weapons. Meanwhile, Curtis Samuel and Antonio Gibson sitting there for the checkdowns, like what the heck, man? We're wide open. They're triple team, but okay, scary. Still at this came point in time, you,
1: you're, you're running two receiver routes if you're if you're Washington. You're just everybody Carson max blocks. Just throwing everybody.
2: Just, just max blocking that Carson. Please don't get sacked. Don't hold the ball too long. Now is I mean I know it's it's an eight man protection. It's it's fine. Exactly. But that's good. take us to pick number twenty one. The New England Patriots and I got another trade. And this one this one I reached into the bag for New England. They're known for trading back. You know he want Bill Belichick wants to stockpile picks, players, all that sort of thing as well too. And this is kind of the surprise for me. I have the Chicago Bears finding themselves back into round one now. I think they're going to have to trade that early second round pick. Probably even a player, maybe another later pick. Maybe they throw in Robert Quinn, who was allegedly potentially on the market as well, too. No idea how they're going to do it, but Bill Belichick's been known to trade back for what seems like a mistake, but he finds a way to do it. I want to see the Bears seeing a, a guy that Justin Fields is very familiar with still sitting around. I think Chris Olave is who they're going to trade back in the first round for. Trying to emulate a little bit of Jill Burrow and uh, Jamar Chase. you got... You want to give him some weapons. You got to give. You got to give Justin Fields a chance. You really got to give him a chance. I think they right now they have Aquamia, St. Brown. They have Pringle, who just got, if I'm not mistaken, just got in trouble as well too. You got. You do got Darnell Mooney is nice. Give him Chris Olave. Give him, in my opinion, the best receiver in the draft, a top ten prospect who slides for no reason. And I think that just give it. Give Justin Fields a chance. Give him somebody he's comfortable with who gets open. Most importantly, he gets open and he gets open quick. So the Bears find themselves into the first round to – Complement their young quarterback, similar to Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. I think they're going to try and emulate a lot of that.
1: You know, that's I, I like that. Um, I did honestly think about putting a trade in here for New England, but there's a guy sitting around that fits a Bill Belichick mold, and that's a linebacker, and that's a guy who could just go make tackles. Maybe a little bit undersized, maybe a little bit slow, a little bit of knock here and a little bit of knock there, something that people just don't like about him for some reason whatsoever, and that's Devin Lloyd. So Devin Lloyd goes here to New England, and guess what? We're going to deal with for the rest of the next decade. It's this guy that shouldn't be the top tier linebacker in the world is a top tier linebacker in the world, and shutting down
2: absolutely anything you could hope for because he's going to learn from Bill Belichick. So Teddy Bruschi 2.0 basically is what we're saying, but with athletic ability and uh, yeah, so you know with with way more athletic ability, just
1: not like peak athletic ability.
2: Exactly, and you know, I did mention that the Bears traded up here. Part of that was because they wanted to jump this next team. The way i pick it at number 22 with a need receiver, and that is the Green Bay Packers, or at least I have them picking here. You maybe not so much, but I have Green Bay picking here. And you know, in theory, they'd be mad that the Bears jumped up a Chris Olave, but I don't think that's the guy they had in mind anyway. I think they still get their that guy they wanted, and that's Drake London who's sitting there at receiver. I think Aaron Rodgers looks at that he's like it's kind of putting his vicinity those back shoulder fades that Aaron Rodgers loves to throw almost to a fault sometimes. Just get that in the vicinity of Drake London and watch him pluck it out of the air. Give me Drake London here to the Packers. So both teams in the NFC North get their guy, even though the Bears try to pull a fast one here. But I think both teams get what they want here.
1: No, I mean, I, I like that. Obviously, I had the Green, Green Bay trading up with the Giants at seven to get Garrett Wilson. So obviously, I think receivers was a huge need for him. I think they like Garrett Wilson a little bit more. But I don't hate the idea for Drake London if they can't get that trade done. But So I do have the Giants picking here at 22 and i also have them picking at 28 for the packers so at 22 i have him picking again a guy i'm a big fan of that climbed unnecessarily high on a lot of people's big boards but a guy that fits a lot of your needs and that's trayvon walker so why not take him there you already have a lot of things built on your defense to fit in a guy like trayvon walker and allow allow him to succeed so in my eyes this is the best fit possible for green or for, for the giants in this situation where you can just Boom, plug and play. You're good to go.
2: So what you're saying is somebody that they're reasonably saying could be taken at five. They're going to pull off at 22. They're going to get the same guy. This is, is going to be – That makes uh, more sense.
1: For me to not like the Giants, I have been the absolute <laughs> nicest person to the New York Giants in this draft. I gave him Kyle Hamilton at five. And at 22, you get Trayvon Walker, who could arguably be a top two pick in this draft. Uh, there's so, some
2: talk he might go number one. so.
1: I mean, look. At this point in time, if you're a Giants fan, you're welcome. If my my mock draft comes true,
2: I think they'll take it. I think they will. Honestly, most people. And I still will. have
1: another pick for you guys.
2: Exactly. There's plenty more to do. So that's gonna take us to pick number 23. I got the air. We got the Arizona Cardinals, and I don't have a trade here. I think they're gonna stand pat. I think they're gonna look at this division. They're gonna be like, "Damn, we gotta deal with the Rams offense. We gotta deal with whatever the 49ers are gonna pull out now as well, too." With Trey Lance and those receivers. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett still up there in Seattle with Drew Locksling in it. They need defensive back help, is what I think they're going to look at. So I'm going to say they take Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson in the corner. They just they need some they need some defensive help. You lost Chandler Jones, so you either need pass rush or secondary to hold up longer. I think they're going to lean towards Andrew Booth, who's probably one of the better defensive prospects still left.
1: Yeah, I, I'm just gonna keep it straight and simple and short. I'm going the exact same thing because of the exact same reason. <laughs> and I also have Jameson Williams coming into this division there with San Francisco drafting him. So that just adds more need to have a top-quality corner at your your disposal. So definitely Andrew Boot Jr. there. And
2: that's going to take us to number 24, the Dallas Cowboys. And you know what, Kels? I'm going to let you go first on this one as well. To Dallas Cowboys pick number 24, where do you have them going here?
1: Uh, A big need is offensive line. And uh, I have a guy sitting there in Kenyon Green, Texas kid, fits right into that offensive need. So, boom. It's just that easy. Kenyon Green goes to the Dallas Cowboys here at 24. I could have gone tackle with Trevor Penning, but I just decided to stay stay a little bit closer to home in, in Texas and, and go, go Kenyon Green.
2: You know Donwell, Jerry Jones is looking at Traylon Burks and thinking, man, things I could do with that with him in there as well. Too. You it's, know he loves himself some Razorbacks.
1: Razorback versus Texas home kid, and Texas home kid gets that little bit of a nod over Razorback because he can't wear his cowboy hat if he takes a kid, if he takes a kid from Arkansas over Texas,
2: you know that's one way to look at. I do think he's going to go with offensive line, but I think there's a different potentially generational prospect showing there by the name of Tyler Linderbaum, who who slipped down my list as well too, just because people undervalued the center position that they took Travis Frederick and look what that did for their offensive line. Tyler Linderbaum's there. I don't care if he's, I don't care that he's not a Razorback. I don't care that he's a Hawkeye. I don't care if he's from Texas. I don't care if you took him from the moon. Someone with Tyler Linderbaum's skill set with your needs, you go get him. And ZV can revitalize Zeke's career to maybe a little bit over four yards a carry or something like that because they need to give that running game somehow acceptable, especially with how much you're paying Zeke. He's got to get useful at this point, and that way it'll open things up for Dak and they won't be empty calorie diet soda numbers. So give me Tyler Linderbaum here at 24 to hopefully maybe the Cowboys can win the division two years in a row if they get a Tyler Linderbaum here. First time in 10 years, any team from
1: the NFC East has won a division in two years, two two, years in a row. That would be shocking. Uh, I much as I would love that, I just didn't have him on the board at this point in time. So, uh, I mean, otherwise, yes, 100% Tyler Linderbaum to the Cowboys.
2: Absolutely. That's going to take us now to pick number 25, the Buffalo Bills, arguably one of the most complete teams here in the NFL. And I'll go and take this one first really quick. I got back-to-back players from Iowa here, but not from the University of Iowa. I got it, the Iowa State running back, Brees Hall, going here. You have so many. You're so complete across the board. The one thing you could use is a versatile running back. Devin Singletary's nice, but he's not that versatile. Brees Hall gives you the ability to check it down and watch him go for a lot or stick the ball in his chest so Josh Allen doesn't have to be the big swole running back that he is And You've seen his workout videos. Like he could be let him run it 20 times if you want, but I think Brees Hall will let him at least save it for the postseason a little bit. So give me Brees Hall here a eh? keeping the running backs in the first round alive are the Buffalo Bills. So uh so I finally convinced you to put Brees Hall here to the to the Bills. I've
1: always had I've, been, I've been touting him this one for from day one. But yeah, I'm just—it's it's Brees Hall. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that, I, I, I can't it. like. There's not a, a, a drastic thing I can do here. It's just Brees
2: Hall to the, to the Bills. It just makes too much sense. Two Iowa, two players out of Iowa going at 24 and 25. It must be something in the corner out there as well too. So that's gonna take us to pick number 26 now, and that's where the Titans are. And you know what? You you lose Julio Jones. That experiment didn't work out. AJ Brown. Maybe he's gonna be there. Maybe he's not. I don't. We don't know. Ryan Tannehill is getting older. You need playmakers. Give me Jahan Dotson, the receiver out of Penn State. The opposite of A.J. Brown as far as a quick slot, slot receiver who can get deep, explosive, very T.Y. Hilton-esque is how he, what he reminds me of as well, too. Give me Jahan Dotson to the Titans, just trying to load up around Ryan Tannehill as much as they can. And they're in a position where you don't have a lot of big needs, but you have a lot of little needs. So I think this is this is what you address one of the little needs with an underrated playmaker. I love the wide
1: receiver pick. I, I, I personally have a wide receiver that has slid down this board very far and again you mentioned him earlier he just keeps sliding for some reason a lot of people don't know why the reason the biggest reason why i feel like a lot of teams have been saying is his size uh but in a most unlike tennessee thing they're gonna be like you know what size that doesn't matter instead of their giant muscle-bound players that they normally get Hmm. so they're gonna go and they're gonna go get chris olave here at 26 in what might be the still of the first round uh, if he sits there at this long and they're gonna just complete their receiving core Ryan Tannehill is going to have absolutely everything to throw to. He could throw it up to A.J. Brown, let that big dude Joe do, do what he does, or throw it at Chris Olave lined up against a number two corner as he leaves that number two corner on a quick slam. But, hey, take your pick. It's going to happen. You're going to get beaten in the receiving game, and Ryan Tannehill will be looking like Ryan Tannehill of two years ago more so than this last year.
2: I think if they see Chris Olave there, I'm going to A, question everybody else picking before them, and B, I think they will sprint. They will get Derrick Henry to clear out everybody in the way of that one to go get that card to, to, to They might ask that. Josh Allen to, to, to help out with, with that too. Yeah, just have those two as a, your barrel dozers out in front. So that's going to take us now to pick number 27, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who another prime position to trade, but I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to stay here. I like Kyler Gordon, the other Washington corner, who's been weirdly climbing up a lot of boards. They need some secondary help because – they have good players, but for some reason, they just seem to get beat. People seem to get over the top of them a lot more often than you would think. I don't know why, but there's some times where they just seem like they fall asleep. Kyler Gordon, a supreme athlete, somebody you can put on the outside and if you, who can keep up with some fast receivers as well, too. You're not going to get behind as easily. So give me Kyler Gordon to try and shore up that secondary a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, lo- I love the pick. I love the corner pick. I love the Washington pick. I'm going with Chet McDuffie, though. Who is if he's here, then yes. <laughs> yeah, like, he's still on my board, so it's a situation where that's just he's just more available, and I mean, absolutely go to Tampa Bay in this situation. Uh, Roger McCreary is also available on my board, but I think this comes down to personal preference. They already have two Auburn guys. I don't think you had a third Auburn hmm. guy in that situation. That's just um, bad so, Yeah, exactly. Like two, hmm. two's good. Three, that's a full house. Like we're, we're, we don't need that much. Hmm. Much. It, it, we already have to deal with Tom Brady. So hmm. uh, yeah, give him Ted, Ted McDuffie. And, and see what he can do. Um, And that honestly, that corner grouping just got a whole lot better too.
2: Absolutely. And you could see Todd Bulls getting fun with him, bringing him on blitzes and things like that at the nickel. So that could be a whole lot of fun with those as well too. So that's going to take us to pick number 28, which I still have the Packers here. And I think I've had them taking their receiver last time. They went up, they got their guy, Drake London. I think they're, their other big need is offensive line. You have Aaron Rodgers, you want to keep him healthy. So I think they're going to take a guy that you had going to the Cowboys. I think they're going to take Kenyon Green the guard from Texas a and plug him in the middle, try and just keep Aaron Rodgers healthy, try and keep him from taking hits. You already have David Bakhtiari. Just try and rebuild that line to go with that receiving core. Their later picks, they can address tight end and other receivers, but I think they're got to. I think they going to take offensive line with one of these first picks. They've learned drafting defense in the first round works like one out of every seven times for them, it feels like. I mean, it feels like, yeah, Alexander hits, everything else is a little bit shaky. It seems like yeah. they. that's where it feels like it's been the last few years. So give me Kenyon Green, help keep Aaron Rodgers upright so he can throw jump balls to Drake London at this point. So give me Kenyon Green.
1: I like it. So since I had Green Bay trading with the Giants, this is the Giants pick right here. <laughs> and as I continue my trend of being really nice to the Giants for no unseen reason in the world, um, I'm going with Roger McCreary to the Giants, filling in a corner role that they need to fill as well. So in this draft, you have filled in a safety. You have filled in a edge rusher. And now you have filled in your corner spot. I, You're
2: welcome, New York Giants. I, I don't think I could have done any better for you if I wanted to. Do you want to go out on a limb and say like what I said the Jets could do and basically, no. basically be a playoff team? Do you think the Giants have a chance here now with what these players you're giving them? They're not that far off. I, I, I'm i nice to the Giants. I'm not overly
1: nice to the Giants.
2: Oh, you're just saying. What if it's not Daniel Jones, a quarterback?
1: I'm still nice to the Giants. <laughs> I'm not overly nice. I like Brian Dabble, and this is the only reason I'm being nice <laughs> to the Giants right now. Trying to give him a chance to let that offense work.
2: I mean, it's the NFC East. I mean, it doesn't have to do a whole lot. Maybe don't you can. Talk, win that don't
1: know. Well, we don't need to do, do it. Let's just not. Let's just not address this any further than this guy. That you Kelsey that was nice to them Now you hate
2: that you just be, made the Giants the NFC East champions with this draft you just gave them. But Not digress, yeah. so. digress, but let's get to pick number twenty nine and the Kansas City Chiefs taking are taking a little bit earlier than they're used to. They're used to picking thirty and thirty one at thirty two at this point, but we have them at pick number twenty nine and. They, I think they do try to trade up at different times during this draft, but I don't think anybody's willing to fully cave for them, so I think they're just going to sit back, and I think they're going to get a guy that a lot of people try to compare to Debo Samuel, even though that's a reckless comparison. I think this is the Traylon Burks pick for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they need to kind of replace that Tyreek Hill role. This gives them a big body, big-play receiver who I actually like more of as an A.J. Brown type of guy than a Traylon Burks, but I think that gives him a big-bodied receiver to go along with Travis Kelsey, to go along with Meikle Hartman Speed, to go along with Juju Smith-Schuster underneath. So give me Traylon Burks here, 29 to the Chiefs, a explosive playmaker that Patrick Mahomes will have, a, and Andy Reid, with some of his play calling, will have a lot of fun with.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I like the receiver pick. I got to say, I, I'm still agreeing with you in the receiver pick. But y'all must have forgot a man that was the number one wide receiver coming into this season. And if it wasn't for a terrible ACL injury at the end of his season, before the before the playoffs, this man would still be number one. And that is John Mechie. Maybe not memorable. He'd still be top three, though. Let's be completely honest. Jameson Williams would not have surpassed him, especially with Jameson Williams' injury. John Mechie is – you guys must have forgot, this man is a stud getting open.
0: Eerly that is similar,
1: true. Eerily similar to Amari Cooper in just the fact he gets open. Does sometimes struggle letting the ball get in on his chest, like Amari Cooper did. And yet can glide past anybody.
2: I worry about his separating in his deep speed. He's very Jarvis Landry esque to me. Like he's fast, he's just not explosive. But I agree with you, John Mechie. I think it, if you can get him I'm here, sorry, take a kick. He's not good I'm
1: sorry, a four three forty isn't good enough. Four three. He's probably I, running a four five. This man probably runs a four three five forty.
2: John Mechie, I think he's running a four
1: five. You guys must have forgot. This dude was is a stud.
2: He is a stud. No one is doubting we'll that. I'm saying
1: actually, here's the thing: we'll find out from day one of the regular season how much of a stud he is. He will be back. For the regular well, season, no one's for doubting 40. he's a
2: stud. I'm saying I think he's going to drop and he's not running a 4 three forty unless this is like two years ago where linemen were running 4 3 because they were running from they were running remotely and had their friends doing the stopwatch.
1: Hey, yeah, we're not going
2: to talk about those times.
1: That was the best time for offensive linemen 40s, all right? That's the best time for everybody's okay? 40s. I
2: mean, everybody ran a 4 3 that year. My point being, John Metch, he's fantastic and I think he's going to be in that T Higgins, Michael Pittman, like Chase Claypool, those guys that that guy that slips like second round. Everyone's like, wow, this is better than okay. some of the first round guys. You not you
1: got, everybody in this, everybody forgot how good John Metchie is because they didn't see him in the playoffs. That's just it. I'm just, Look, I'm Jameson just Williams was a freak. Off. Jameson Williams was a freak this season. You, there's no denying how the freakish he had been. Had it not been for the fact that he averaged 48 yards per touchdown catch, John Metchie would still be, like, far and above ahead of Jameson Williams.
2: and They could he, both – if they could both have been healthy to run the 40-yard dash, I think Jamison Williams would have surpassed him just off of that, the way this offseason process goes. But I love John
1: Mitchell. I'm just saying, look, I think Kansas City is going to be straight You know the rule really with
2: Kansas City, 4-3 or faster? They don't take anyone that runs under no, a 4-3.
1: No, 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 no. They they had Miko Hardman, who ran it slower than a 4-3 in his combine. Also, Doe did just post the fastest touchdown reception last season in the league.
2: He, has, he ran a 4-2-9. Like Mikol Harmon flies.
1: It was sub, it was official sub four or sub, sub four three.
2: They showed him for they showed or, him uh, a four two
1: nine.
2: Four three. He you put line him. They showed him when they did the race with everybody else, too. He ran a four just two nine me. in that point as well. I'm, but,
1: I'm just ignoring it. I'm moving forward.
2: No, I'm just telling you, like they, they there's a speed threshold for the Chiefs, and if you don't meet it, they won't take it, no matter how good you are. That's just rule. I disagree. That that's fair. You know what? That we're gonna have pick number thirty for the Chiefs, so we're not done yet. You don't know, get to just evade the Chiefs just like that. So pick number thirty as well, too. And I'm going to say they go defense on this one. I think they're going to take a captain for the defense. I think they're going to take Devin Lloyd here. Guy who's way too good to still be sitting here. I think they're going to grab him anyway. Somebody to go behind Chris Jones and be the quarterback of that defense.
1: No, that's fair. I, again, I like the pick. I like the position. Uh, this time I'm side to the edge. And, and I'm kind of going back on my word about the whole, if you can't run a 4-3, just it changes a little bit for defense. It's not, Now, if you can't run a sub 4-5, we don't want you on the edge. And, well, this guy runs a sub 4-5, and that's Nick Benito. So... He's going to go here to, to the Chiefs. So, yeah, yeah, I know. I just backtalked everything I just said. Uh, giving them the fastest edge rusher, not from Virginia Tech, this draft. I mean, this is. So what this... you're telling
2: me is you're an offensive lineman, but you got the backpedaling skills of Deion Sanders here with that big figure eight you just did. Hey,
1: you know what? My <laughs> hips are smooth, man. That's all I got to say. All right, Shakir, well, that's these, enough these of hips that. Don't lie. All right. All right. That's We're going to move say. on from that. We got. Oh, hold on. Numbers... No, I got I to gotta finish this, though. The reason why Nick Benito goes here. Finished top five in every single field event in the combine, and that's just worth mentioning because that's how big of a study he is. And he performed way better than what you saw in film. So and, that's and you play him top
2: with top. Chris Jones, that'll be a fun duo as well too. And Justin Reed in the back end, they they, they guys they're getting they're slowly building the defense in an underratedly way as well too. Micah so. Parsons 2.0. I mean, if they can get 13 sacks, they will gladly take that as
1: well. <laughs> I don't think they. that much. I think it would be like Micah Parsons Jr., I guess, is a better way to say it.
2: <laughs> baby, baby Micah is what you're going with there here. But I, they'll take something similar to that, I especially in that division where every stop counts. So as it take us to pick number 31, the upstart surprise Cincinnati Bengals from pick number five last year to 31 this year. A pretty good offseason, rebuilding the offensive line somewhat. It would be a smart to take an offensive lineman here, but I think a lot of the main first-round level offensive linemen are gone. So I think they're going to look at it and say – See a guy who dropped it surprisingly far. I think they're going to take Devontae Wyatt here, who surprisingly slipped down the board a little bit. They're like, we got to go hit we gotta go hit Deshaun Watson. We got to go hit Lamar Jackson. We got to hit Trubisky, Willis, whoever's playing quarterback for the Steelers, and Najee Harrison squad. They, I think they grabbed Devontae Wyatt. You could play him on the edge. You could play in the middle. You could play next to Trey Hendrickson. could play next to DJ Reader. Slide him up and down the line wherever you need to go. I like Devontae Wyatt here as just a best available player, which the Bengals... Not very often they can say that. We could just take the best available player and be good. It's been a while since they got a chance to do that, and I think they could do that here. I mean, they did it last year, and it worked out pretty well for them. They took Joe Burrow's best available player.
1: <laughs> that's fair. Uh, no, I, I I like that. Again, for me, they, they're also staying in the same theme. They're taking a guy who slipped a lot further than most people expected. And this one's down to the only reason I think he slips is because people use the complaint of he didn't face top-tier talent week in and week out, and that's Trevor Penning. <laughs> and and I think they just solidify there. I'm rebuilding this offensive line to save Joe Burrow's knee, and they get Trevor Penning, an all-world tackle, to go right there. Like here you go, this kid is going to turn into the greatest left tackle out of you and I. You're welcome.
2: So who? So they sign Lyle Collins to play one tackle. They had Jonah Williams, who was the good, the, a good left tackle last year. Do you think Trevor Penning maybe plays guard in that regard, or are you thinking they maybe slide Lyle Collins in a guard or something?
1: Lyle Collins does have experience at guard, first of all. Second of all, he's
2: very good at guard. That's why I mentioned him and Jonah, not Jonah Williams.
1: Jonah Williams is also just a good tackle. Not he played pretty well last
2: tackle. year. He was the one not weak point, really.
1: Well, okay, yeah, but when the entire def- when the rest of the offensive line is a weak point, like it's like, hey, this is the one hinge that didn't break, and then the rest of the fence is down. It's like
2: you take it sometimes. I mean, if he's your weak point on this offensive line, you're doing something pretty good.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I just think I think in this situation he may not start the first season, or if he does, it's going to be a situation where somebody does get kicked inside. I don't have the answer to who gets kicked inside. I think this is a situation where he's the best available player that fell in a position where you're like, I want to make sure I protect my guy. Like, let's go. And I honestly I don't think there's another guy they would take here that's going to impact their offense long term like Trevor Pennington.
2: They're playing positionless basketball at the offensive line. We're picking yeah. five guys and just sitting them out there. I don't care if you're tackle or guard or center. You're going out. and you see number nine seven,
1: standing. Like six foot, six mm. foot three, six foot eight. That's like gonna be their offensive line like stagger.
2: Just this have Trevor like a Penning throw to right. just to throw everything, by off. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> not a bad pick. I mean, we talked about this as soon as the Super Bowl ended. Offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. I was just surprised how well they did in free agency where it left them a little yeah. leeway with this pick. But Trevor Penning's there. Sprint that card there as well. It's,
1: it's just so hard because I have him sliding here and it's like, I feel like if you're Cincinnati, you just might as well be like, all right, one more for good measure, you know, just,
2: like just to be safe. You know what? He's athletic. A he option him 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 is him. our backup tight end or something too, just yeah. for fun. Like, just hey, yeah. well, you talk about a kid who
1: wasn't the size he is until he was a junior or a sophomore reason, yeah. in, in college. Yeah. Absolutely. So I mean, he might, but fifth year option also pays off right here.
2: Exactly, and you know what? Pick number thirty-two. We're back with the Lions, courtesy of the Rams. This is. I wanted to have this a spot where someone maybe trades into the first round to get that fifth-year option with the Lions as, that you mentioned. But I think the Lions had something in mind that they can't believe it actually played out. They're going to stay at this spot, and they're going to take a quarterback for the future here with that fifth-year option. I think they're going to take our number one quarterback in the draft. I think they're going to take Matt Corral, who, for some reason, not as many people are as high on as you and I are, and a few other people are. But I think Matt Corral slips a little bit. I think a lot of people are nervous about that RPO-heavy offense. So I think we're going to see Matt Corral here, and I think they're going to get him with the fifth-year option, and We'll see him before the end of the season, I think, unless Jared Goff balls out. So give me Jared Goff to round out the first round. Or not Jared Goff, excuse me, Matt Corral, to round out the first round. Jared Goff, like Goff went from 1 to 32 real quick.
1: Yeah, no, I like it. Uh, obviously, I love the quarterback pick because that's exactly where I'm going here because of that fifth-year option. Except for I'm going with your first drafted quarterback in Kenny Pickett. Because he slid down this far. Detroit's like, why not? We play in a dome. This man wears a glove. He's athletic. He can run away from people. Let's see what can happen. Oh, and by the way, he just happens to come from really good athletic genes. And HCDC will love the heart he plays with because, yeah, that's Dan Campbell for you.
2: Absolutely. And this is, that is quite the mock draft us. We did have a few surprise guys that slid in there, a few guys that didn't quite make it. I think the second round is going to be a lot of fun as well, too. There are some teams picking for the first time in the second round, like the Browns and the Colts and some other teams making their debuts, and the Bears if they don't trade up like I had them doing. In this case, I'd have the Patriots there, who, by the way, John Mechie to the Patriots, keep an eye on that one. He seems like a very Patriots-esque player as well, too. Troy Anderson if he,
1: to the to the Titans.
2: Yeah, just so he could be Mike Rabel 2.0, basically. So it's just a match made in heaven. George Pickens makes sense to the Colts as well, too. The Browns maybe looking at someone like Christian Watson, who we had slipped, just a big play guy. So there's a lot of fun options here in round two, and we will be doing our live John
1: Mechie, if he slips that far. <laughs> exactly.
2: And for those of you who don't know, this is the second annual High Low Sports NFL got draft special for the first round. For the second in a row, we'll be going live during the whole compound. Live reaction, live analysis, live picks. Everything you need there as well, too. If you want to maybe see the player get drafted, we want to hear someone else talk about him. That's what we'll be here for. You'll find us on YouTube. You'll find us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. You know where to find us. If you're watching us now, you know where to find us as well, too. All of our socials are there as well, too. Instagram, you know where to find us. You know where to find us at this point, so... It'll be fun. We hope to see some of you guys join us tomorrow. Or if you're listening to this on the day, we hope to see you for the first round of the NFL draft.
1: Absolutely, guys. We'll see you guys tomorrow. And as always, we appreciate it.